Hey there, today prosecutors intend to recharge Alec Baldwin with involuntary manslaughter in connection with the fatal shooting on the Rust film set back in 2021. The question is why and why now? I'm Aaron Young, let's find out. Now, streaming right around the world, this is Ticker Today. Hello and welcome. Great to have your company. Also coming up this hour, the Australian government tries to move on to the cost of living after the failed voice referendum over the weekend. But first, our top story this hour, and we're going to start off with Ticker Hot Shots. Veronica Dudo is live for us in New York. Veronica, great to see you as always. You too, Aaron. All right. Now, President Joe Biden is scheduled to visit Israel and Jordan. As we know, the hostage crisis has intensified concerns in the region, adding to the complexity of the already fragile situation. President, President Biden's visit is seen as an attempt to mediate and to find a diplomatic solution to the escalating tensions between Israel and Hamas. This is obviously an incredibly important story. The president heading to Israel, uh, which is essentially in the middle of a war zone at the moment, we've seen Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, over previous days. But this is a huge move. Surely you'd agree. Usually when the president travels to war zones, we don't find out. We don't get told. Obviously, Tel Aviv is a little bit different, but there are still rockets flying about a mile away from Tel Aviv's airport. Absolutely. I mean, we even heard just today that a hospital in Gaza has been struck. So this takes an incredible amount of coordination. Obviously, safety is a huge concern. Uh, the president, you know, is scheduled for this meeting. It will be interesting to see what happens because, you know, it's just breaking that the Jordan foreign minister is saying that the summit that was planned with Palestinian leaders and Egyptian leaders is canceled. So exactly what President Biden will be doing. Obviously, we know he will be meeting with uh, one of America's uh, strong allies, uh, Israel. And so that would be, of course, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who's been going through, you know, a grueling 11 day war so far. So but beyond that, what are the goals? What message is this going to send besides that the United States and the rest of the international community, most of them, the allies of, of Israel are with Israel mm. remains to be what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, it's interesting he's heading to Jordan as well to meet with some of the other side too, because obviously he they must be so concerned at the White House that this is about to literally explode in this region, right? You've got Hezbollah in the north and the south of Lebanon who could at any moment head into the north of Israel. You've got obviously what's happening in Gaza and then the West Bank. Then you have concerns about whether Iran might be behind it too. Two uh, of these aircraft carriers, F-35s on board, are standing standing by in the eastern side of the Mediterranean Sea. For the President of the United States, uh, particularly with everything that's happening right now in American society, to be heading there, they must be panicked. The obvious question is about whether the United States is now too stretched. There's a war in Ukraine. Remember that. President Zelensky must be a bit concerned, particularly after what's happened in Congress, uh, where the spending bill has been cut for the time being, um, and, and Biden trying to get those connected. But what if China decides that now is a good time to go and visit their friends in Taiwan? Here's President Biden speaking about that on 60 are the wars in Israel and Ukraine more than the United States can take on at the no, same time? We're the United States of America, for God's sake. The most powerful nation in the history, not in the world, in the history of the world. The history of the world. We can take care of both of these and still maintain our overall international defense. 
we have the capacity to do this and we have an obligation to. We are the essential nation as to, to, to Paris, phrase the former Secretary of State. And if we don't, who does? If we don't, who does? Uh, a key question here, Veronica. Uh, your thoughts on that? Because obviously, as an American, you must be quite concerned about what's happening around the world and how the US is connected to one side the whole time. What do you think? So obviously, as journalists, you know, we enjoy talking to people and, of course, fellow Americans, you know, as I do with friends and colleagues around the world. But when you look at the United States, absolutely, the billions of dollars that have been sent to Ukraine and they still need more. Now we are mm. pledging our support to help Israel. Uh, again, a lot of worry as to what China is thinking in terms of Taiwan. But then, of course, the United States' southern border today, a fourth Iranian who is on the terror watch list has been caught walking across the U.S. southern border. It's completely mm. open. So again, domestically, you know, what could happen on American soil if there's any type of retaliation now for what the United States is doing around the world? So a very- That is the, you're, you're right. That is the concern, right? We're watching this and thinking about what happened with ISIS and the terror attacks that were really brought home. Even here to Australia, we saw the Link, Link Cafe siege in Sydney as well, but right through Germany and Europe and France and even the UK uh, with that war on terror. And this could really bring it home. I think that is um, absolutely a vital concern. I think many of us are having right now now and the, the impact of, of, of what's happening there. I want to uh, bring up a, a second story, um, our, our final story for this one as well, Veronica. Uh, I know it's been something we've been watching for a while, but New Mexico prosecutors reportedly intend now to recharge Alec Baldwin with involuntary manslaughter in connection with the fatal 2021 shooting on the Rust film set. Cinematographer Helena Hutchins was killed after a prop gun held by Baldwin discharged a real bullet while they were filming on the Western movie. Now, my understanding with this one, Veronica, is that um, there's uh, some sort of new evidence that prosecutors say has come to light during their investigation, and that's why they're looking at getting this grand jury in New Mexico. What do we know? Um, what are your thoughts? So I would love to see this new evidence. I mean, they have only uh, given us sort of an outline of it, just saying that a third party independently came in and looked at the situation, and that with this new evidence, they say that only Alec Baldwin could have pulled the trigger. So just so many questions with this story. Again, you know, as to why a real bullet is really, you know, even involved for a movie. And that's a key point there about pulled the trigger because he went on an interview, didn't he, and said he didn't pull the trigger. Yes. Absolutely. So, you know, again, where does this go? You know, it's it's not really in terms of, uh, you know, bringing anyone back, going to help. Um, a lot of people are looking just, you know, to understand what happened uh, potentially for justice. I mean, it's it's a tragic story all the way around it. You know, again, one that reverberated through Hollywood, uh, obviously, yeah. you know, the writer's strike and, and how still with the actors. So, you know, there's so much turmoil in, in Hollywood alone. But, you know, yeah. with this story on this set in New Mexico, just really, truly a tragedy. Yeah, an absolute tragedy. We know that there's one defendant at the moment who is the armorer. Um, but if Alec Baldwin is charged and found guilty by this grand jury, we're talking about up to 18 months, um, which clearly the whole thing was an accident, a terrible, terrible accident. Um, and, and for that guy, of course, for what was a, a moment on a film set where so many actors have pulled the trigger of a fake gun on a film set, um, it's something that's going to stick with him and, of course, everyone on that film set for the rest of their lives. And the Rust film, of course, must be coming out sometime soon because they carried on finishing it, didn't they? Um, we got to finish that one as well, Veronica. Always good to chat. Talk soon. See ya. 
In the aftermath of the resounding defeat of the voice to parliament over the weekend, the Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has urged his caucus members to shift their focus towards the government's strategies for addressing the cost of living and managing the economy. The vote on whether to constitutionally establish an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice to parliament resulted in a significant no vote from Australians over the weekend. Now, Mr Albanese is encouraging caucus members to take pride in their efforts to respond to the request from First Nations communities. But when asked about the message that they should convey to their constituents, Mr Albanese is emphasising the historical differences between referendums and regular elections. The government now trying to move on to the cost of living, which has been biting Australia like many countries around the world. For more, we're joined by Matt Grudinov, Senior Economist at the Australia Institute. Matt, always good to talk to you. Um, obviously, for a lot of people on the yes side, this was a, a terrible weekend a terrible time for Aboriginal and Indigenous issues, but also now the government trying to move on fairly quickly to, I guess, what a lot of people have been talking about, which is the state of the economy. Yeah, look, this was a big reform. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. This is a big reform that the government hoped would um, help close the gap, would give uh, Aboriginals recognition. Um, it's unfortunately been voted down um, and um, the government's now forced to pivot. But they don't want to pivot too quickly because obviously uh, the, dis uh, the disadvantage in Aboriginal communities is still there um, and Albanese will still want to do something about it. But at the same time, there, was, there has been criticism that he isn't focused on the cost of living crisis. Uh, and now is his time to actually show the Australian people that that's what he's also concerned about. Yeah, it's a really good point because that's what he's been talking about now for the past couple of, well, the past year has been about the voice as people have been saying um, petrol prices are sky high and will probably only get worse over coming months, uh, given what we're talking about in Israel and Gaza and the Middle East too, right? Where we are going to be worried about the fallout from that war, just as we've been witnessing the hit to inflation and the cause of inflation which the Australian government's been pointing, the Treasurer's been pointing to the war uh, in Ukraine. So what impact do you think we will see from what's happening in Gaza and the Middle East? Well, at the moment, we haven't seen much impact apart from uncertainty. And look, markets hate uncertainty, um, and this war is creating heaps and heaps of uncertainty. It will really depend on whether or not the war is contained just in Gaza, in which case we probably won't see a lot of um, impact on oil prices and petrol prices. But if it were to spread at all, um, then, you know, that is a region that's going to um, really force up oil prices, uh, which will flow through to the petrol bowser, which then flows through to all the other sort of cost of all other goods. Goods need to be transported. If you increase transport costs, there's very little you can do to stop that inflation leaking into the rest of the economy. Interested to talk to you again, if we can, about the referendum and, and the defeat of that. Much has been said, much will be said. Um, this week, Indigenous Australians, the leadership who are behind the Yes campaign, are basically remaining silent. They say it's a, a really black time uh, for them as well. Reconciliation in Australia has been watched right around the world, of course. It's been a huge issue. Um, a lot of people have been watching closely as well. What impact do you think there will be for Australia's reputation in the international community, given that so many other countries have been able to address this, New Zealand uh, among them? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think that it will have an impact, if only for the fact that it was such a small request. We're talking about an advisory panel. We weren't talking about anything that had the power to change laws, to stop government from doing anything. This was just an advisory panel. So if Australia is going to vote down something so small like an advisory panel, um, then it, it does damage, I think, our, our international reputation. And that leads to um, a key question. If an advisory panel can't come through, what chance do you think there would be for a referendum about Australia becoming a republic to get through? Well, I think um, it, what it shows is is that negative campaigning is still very strong in Australia and in other countries around the world, but particularly in Australia. And I think that a, a republic campaign would suffer that same negative campaign yeah. um, and that it too would probably still fall over yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. All right, Matt Goodenough, always appreciate your time. Thanks so much for dropping by. Thank you for chatting with me. And that is a program for now. More Ticker right after this. You're watching Ticker. We'll have more in just a few minutes. 